hang with family mm-hmm. and friends, you know. I remember it. on the and also you um spoke Spanish with people and that's how do you how like do you run every morning? Do you have like a routine with that? Or so I used to I used to run a lot more than I do now. Um I guess we'll get into that with mm-hmm. all my some a lot of the medical issues. I mm-hmm. haven't really been able to run recently. Mm-hmm. Um but even just being outdoors is is always fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you in track in high school? Like, how yes, did I was. I was in track. I um, I did cross country. I was on the captain of cross country team. I also did my event. And I always get made fun of for this, but my event in in high school was race walking, which is an Olympic sport. It is on the Olympics right now, not right this minute, but this uh, season. Mm-hmm. So. Oh wow, that's so cool! Do you, are you watching the Olympics now? Like, are yes, I are love there... watching the Olympics. Really, <laughs> fun. Do you watch I'm the Olympics? So... No, but like, I I don't know. People are really interested in it, and I and maybe I should get into it. Like, what what's the best part? Like, how do you? First of all, do you watch it on? <laughs> I'm really ignorant in this area, so do you watch it on TV or do yeah, you? Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, I watch it TV. Or there's also there's also um there's also highlights. Hmm. Okay. Uh, on on YouTube and all those things, and you know, mm-hmm. so and, and can and when when someone's running, can you like tell different techniques and stuff like that, or like? It's not oh, really I that. don't know. I feel like I'm not that good at oh. <laughs> running. Okay. It's more just, but it's it's fun watching um, all the sports that I used to compete in. But their times are ridiculously fast, yeah, compared to like what people would run in high school, right? But now That's it's crazy. more of just a hobby than less of a like a sport that I do more just mm-hmm. for mental health and um for physical sure. health yeah would you recommend running to everyone or it's not for everyone you think I feel like running's not for everyone it definitely mm-hmm. is you have to do something I definitely think being outdoors is really important whether that's walking or some sort of physical activity outdoors it doesn't have to necessarily mm-hmm. be running mm-hmm. um, it is very high impact but sometimes yes. just putting in headphones and Okay. Going in nature is good. Yeah, because it's interesting if, if every sport can be applied to every person, and I guess you answered that question. Yeah, but that's um, why we have the Olympics, because everybody's good at something different. Yes, exactly. How many sports are in the Olympics? Do you know? Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, countless. And they added more this year. They added surfing, and they added skateboarding. <gasps> that's so cool. Yeah. Wow. Pretty crazy. That's awesome. And about Cornell... Um, some of my like maybe the people listening <laughs> which I don't know how many people are but they might be from Israel so they don't know like how the college process is or like what Cornell is in general like about it so could you like maybe explain about why you chose Cornell and like how the application process is in America and what you think about it oh yeah definitely <laughs> well your I know your brother also went to Cornell, yes your older brother so mm-hmm. um you're familiar but for everybody else um it's one of so in the united states at least there's a bunch of obviously very elite colleges but there's something called the ivy league Mm -hmm. um the um basically which is made up of like i think eight different schools um or eight nine i don't know exactly how many off the top of my head of schools that are were some of the first um universities established in america so that's like harvard yale all those Mm -hmm. um so cornell is one of the ivy leagues so it's very difficult to get into 
Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously in high school, I worked very, very hard to get into it, which honestly was worth it at the time. But obviously there were a lot of things that I missed out on trying to Mm -hmm. get to where I need to be. But basically you, you do well in school, you do extracurricular activities, like, and as well as taking your SATs, ACTs and writing essays and that's mm-hmm. really it's all about numbers and grades which is really unfortunate and a lot yes. of um also a lot of competition and what your extracurricular activities are my mm-hmm. brother just went through the whole process and watching it again was just like it was wow. so traumatic watching it I was like, were you oh able God. to help him like in I a was way? able to help him a little bit but he he mm-hmm. did a lot of the work on his own but it was mm-hmm. just such a different process because he's such a different again he's such a different student and he's going to He's going to University of Wisconsin, which is a much oh, bigger, cool. more um, rah-rah, big – big 10 schools. There's also another – so there's the Ivy League and then there's the Big 10 schools, which are these very large schools that are known for sports and um, mm-hmm. compete. So just different students, different places. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be doing sports or – No, he just enjoys watching it. But oh. Cornell is more of like a, an eclectic mix of people. Um including like you know you have people who are more in the hotel school who are are more mm-hmm. um, inclined that way and then you have people like me who are in engineering and right there's so many different it's such a areas. wide range it's also in like a very random i mean not random but small part of new york and oh yeah it feels so secluded and like i might I, like if you're listening to this you guys should look it up it feels like you're in Hogwarts kind of over there. Is that something you like? Do you like I, the college town? And- it's interesting. So Ithaca's a very, like, small, like, mm-hmm. town. But it's a very cute, like, artsy town. So cute. So, I know. You drive through, <laughs> you drive yeah. through, like, farm country, basically. And then you mm-hmm. land upon this this place. Mm-hmm. And initially, I always thought I would go to school in a big city, Boston, mm-hmm. New York City. Somehow, I ended up in Ithaca. But I'm so glad I did because all life is on campus like the whole yeah. town the economy of it all surrounds cornell and there's another college nearby called ithaca college mm-hmm. so um it's it's like the life is the campus and i that's what i really liked about it which i wasn't anticipating prior to going yeah it is interesting like that <laughs> it's just this like it, you feel like you go through the woods and then you get to this like whole new world um and there's a beautiful lake there. And I like if you're interested in like nature, I'm sure it could be people go just to Ithaca just for the lakes, right? Oh, like, the, the thing, finger- yeah. So it's right <laughs> on the Finger Lake regions, which is in the northern part of um, New York. And so they're mm-hmm. known for wines. And mm-hmm. so I guess mm-hmm. a lot of people go on wine tours there. That's so cool. And um, how was it just to like adjust there as a freshman, like the dorm life and everything or, or just in general? Well, the dorm life during – so I was a freshman during COVID. Mm-hmm. And so – and I had this experience, you know, prior. So I knew kind of what a normal college life was. But mm-hmm. it was like nothing I've ever seen before. We were getting tested two times a week. And once we mm-hmm. – if if and when we joined Greek life, it was three times a week, mm-hmm. um, which was – which was crazy, but it would, they were able to keep it under control. And by the end, I think over 70% of campus was vaccinated, mm-hmm. which made a huge difference. And any mm-hmm. outbreaks, they caught them pretty early. But it was really hard to meet people, especially because there weren't clubs and there weren't in-person classes. People spent a lot of time in their room. There was a lot of um, mental health like turmoil amongst For like, sure. the freshman population. Yeah, and in general, uh, I mean, do you think that it's like a a competitive school overall with grades and things like that? Do you, do you find 
it is obviously a very competitive atmosphere, but what I notice is people aren't as much in competition with each other as they are with themselves. Oh, so everybody smart, yeah. in the school are always pushing themselves to the best. And when you have everybody mm-hmm. around you trying to be the best version of themselves, it, it often makes you feel like you need to also, which I guess mm-hmm. can be perceived as competition. But mm-hmm. I've never felt directly like, you know, brought down or pushed down by some a classmate. It's mm-hmm. more just like you see everybody else studying. So you're like, I should probably be studying too. Yeah, well, it could be a motivating thing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes. But it's just very. Ways. Mm-hmm. But it's also just a very different system completely than the ones we have in Israel or in other countries, even because of like the expense of it and like um, the, the the process of just getting in. Exactly. Um, so would you think, do you think it's, I don't know if like the word fair is <laughs> like appropriate for our age, but like, do you think it's fair really? Because it just feels kind of like it's not, <laughs> you know, it's like fair, like the, the way that grading and everything works the or? way the way like the process of how who gets in and who does it and oh, the pricing and it's so the school system in america is so messed up it's just there's often no rhyme or reason why somebody gets in i had a really good friend who like who also applied early decision to cornell she was rejected mm. um but she goes to johns hopkins which is another very elite university mm-hmm. um so then there's really no rhyme or reason. She's the same. She had all the same grades, all the same everything as me. And mm-hmm. st- same like ethnic background, mm-hmm. socioeconomic, everything. So it's like it's really no rhyme or reason why somebody gets in. And it causes a lot of controversy and you spend so much time like everything's about like getting to the next thing. College, college, college. Like what you do in high school is be good for college, college. Like, you know, it's just you're always looking towards that. It's like you're not enjoying the high school experience as much as – you could mm-hmm. that's so interesting and i'm sure it'll be interesting for other people who like there's also recently the college scandal did you hear about that i'm i don't know oh, yeah. <laughs> well it wasn't recently it was like two years ago but i know but that was a what, huge deal yeah so there's a lot to read about that um but in general <laughs> you had a unique experience and still um i don't know how to approach it so I can tell you my story from from the beginning. Yeah, sure. And you could and feel free to ask any question. I like, I don't mind. I've spent. I've already processed everything. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. any questions you have, like, do not hesitate to ask. Okay. I'm like, happy to answer. Thank any you. So, um, like Nahama was saying about how I started, like I was a freshman this year during COVID. This was really my second freshman year if you will mm-hmm. so I I had graduated I'm Nakama's age so I graduated in 2018 from high school um, I was salutatorian of my class um, going to Cornell I was like on top of the world at that point mm-hmm. um, I started freshman year at Cornell and I started like after I started feeling like I had like some sort of flu or virus which mm-hmm. everybody in the dorms was getting. And also I was getting like fevers. I was also like very fatigued, like physically and mentally, which I had just attributed to the college lifestyle. Um, right. you know, staying up late, eating, eating nachos all, yeah, <laughs> all hours, like doing, you know, really not taking care of myself. And obviously mm-hmm. the work was like crazy hard. We were studying. So right. I kind of just brushed it off. I would tell my mom, like, you know, like I, I really feel like crap. I, I, you know, I don't want to get up in the mornings. I'm like sweating through my bed sheets. I'm have a, kind of a fever. My mom's like, you know, you have a virus, go to the health center. Um, so I go to the health center and they 
I tell them all my symptoms. They're like, you know, you probably just have a virus. Just lay low. So I kept trudging along, but I kept getting worse and worse. And I remember like when I started realizing something was kind of wrong, it was like I was walking up these stairs to the chemistry building and there was mm-hmm. a person on crutches like walking up faster than I was because I was mm. so out of breath. Like I just could not breathe. I remember my friends walking ahead of me mm-hmm. and my roommate from freshman year told me that I once said to her, which I have no recollection of, but I once said to her like, did the colors seem like not bright anymore? Like, does everything feel like it's losing its saturation? And she's like, uh, no. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, so I was like, is that no. a symptom? I mean, well, I guess it just, it's a symptom of anemia. So basically mm. I wasn't going to go home for Columbus day weekend. Um, but I felt like really awful. And I was like, you know what? If my roommate was like, you know what? I'm just going to go home. I was like, you know what? I'll go home. It's only three and a half hours away. Um, if I, you know, I'll recoup, eat normal food, mm-hmm. get a normal amount of sleep, I'll go back and everything will be fine. So I come home and I just remember I got out of the bus that we took and I like got into my parents' car and I just started like cr- hysterically crying. And they're like, oh my God, do you not like school? Like, is mm-hmm. Cornell not? I was like, no, I love Cornell. I love my friends. And this was after six weeks. I, like this was six weeks into freshman. Wow. So it was Columbus it's Day early week. in. Yeah. yeah, it was Columbus Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, So I went, I was like, I'm so like, I'm just so tired. I feel like, and I remember we went out to eat. I was like, I just want a piece of plain grilled chicken. Like I (laughs) I just can't eat anything. I don't, I feel like, Mm -hmm. so the next Mm -hmm. morning I was lying on the couch and my mom comes down. She's like, what's up? I'm like, I'm just sleeping. I need a rest. She's like, you look so pale. Like you look like a ghost. I was like, Mm. I was like, I look like this every morning. I'm just really tired. She's like, you know, like we're going to go to just like urgent care. I was like, no, no, no. She's like, yes, yes, yes. So we go, (laughs) they take my blood. Um, and at this point is when I first noticed I had like a lymph node in my neck that was swollen. Oh, really? I hadn't, but I hadn't had that before. All my before, symptoms was just flu. But before that, like you, you never, it, like, were you a person in general who ever suspected like, oh, it could be this? Because some people like jump to the, these conclusions. No, because like- I had history of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, and that's obviously when you're 17 years old, just was running cross country. Your first thought yeah. is of cancer. For sure. So okay. I, I was like, I just have a virus. And I and mm-hmm. growing up, I was definitely like kind of a boy who cried wolf type person. Like mm-hmm. I would stub my toe and be like, oh my gosh, I broke my toe. So my parents were like, <laughs> okay, you're fine. You're fine. Right. So in a way that – Yeah. Less. Okay. So I go to urgent care. They feel my lymph node. They're like, you know, we'll just do some blood work. They take the blood. Thank you. We leave. Me and my mom go get a pedicure. <laughs> um, And then we're talking. My mom's like, you know what? You must have like – they didn't test for mono like these are all the symptoms of mono like flu-like mm-hmm. symptoms swollen mm-hmm. lymph nodes like you just went to college obviously it's definitely mono mm-hmm. so we went back to get like I guess demand a mono test and like mm-hmm. we got there we walk in and like the doctor at urgent care like pulls my mom into her office closes the door on my face and I'm just like sitting there I'm like mm-hmm. okay like what is going on the nurses are like walking by, like giving me that like pity look. I'm like, what's wrong? They're really? Like, your, your mom will explain when she's out. Like you're I was like, so then all of a sudden the doctor walks out and my mom's still in the room, like hysterically crying, like it's like screaming on the phone to somebody like, where do I take her? Do I take her to like Columbia Presbyterian, which are like very like prestigious hospitals in New York City mm-hmm. um, or like NYU or blah, blah, blah. Do I go straight to like Sloan Kettering, which is the cancer hospital? Mm-hmm. So I was like, 
super confused. I was like, I called my dad. I was like, mom's being like so dramatic. Like, come pick Mm -hmm. me up. This is Mm -hmm. so stupid. So my dad comes and my mom's like, no, we're going to the emergency room. So fortunately, my aunt is a pediatric endocrinologist at Hackensack Hospital, which is in New Jersey. And mm-hmm. rem- remember that this was col- a Saturday of Columbus Day weekend. So most wow. hospitals were like so – and I needed immediate care. So I don't know if you're anybody is familiar with like blood work or um, like num- like what normal blood levels are. Mm-hmm. But the thing that told them that something was wrong, like very wrong, was my hemoglobin, which is like your red blood cells, were mm-hmm. five. They're supposed to be between 11 and 14. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm not a science person, but that sounds <laughs> significant. Okay. And your white and hemo and hemoglobin is the thing that carries oxygen. So mm-hmm. I was like oxygen deficient, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing that they the marker that they noticed that something was wrong was my white blood cells. So white blood cells are normally between four and eleven, and this is like eleven thousand, but like mm-hmm. four and eleven, and mine were forty eight. And okay. I had so I ended up I'll get to like what I had but I had leukemia which is a cancer of the white blood cells so basically my white blood cells were making these like immature white blood cells like crazy which is like why the Mm -hmm. white count was so high Mm. um so anyways fast forward I end up I go to the emergency room in New Jersey because my aunt was able to just like get me in Mm -hmm. um and my grandparents met me at the hospital my parents everybody's there They do another, they draw my blood again. And then we're just like waiting in the emergency room for hours. And I just remember like driving there and I was like, I cannot, I felt like I just wanted to go to sleep. But I was like, if I go to sleep, like what if I don't wake up? I have no idea what's going on. No one's telling me what's Mm -hmm. going on. My mom is like frantic. My dad Mm -hmm. is like, she's being dramatic. And my mom is like making these calls. She's like, should we go straight to Sloan Kettering? Like, I'm like, mom, that's a cancer hospital. Why would we go to a cancer hospital? And she was like, she just like ignored me. So, anyways, we went. We so wait. she didn't tell you that. No, that's what they she t- oh, no. Okay, she's like, but she said yeah. to me. She ended up telling me later that like she's an OBGYN midwife, nurse midwife. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's she said cool the last job. time she felt a lymph node like that on someone, they had lymphoma, which is okay. another kind of like same family as leukemia lymphoma. Yeah. So she knew immediately that something was like very very wrong. Mm-hmm. So uh, they take my blood. I wait hours. Then the doctor comes in and I told my parents just like go out without me. Like because if I saw them cry or like freak out, I like I literally would have like it would have made the situation so much worse. So I stayed with my grandparents. My parents went out. They finally like after like 20 minutes come back in and they're like, do you want to like know what's going on? And I was like, so the doctor's like getting ready to talk to me. I said to my dad, I was like, I have cancer, don't I? And he's like, whatever it is, like, we'll get through this together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God. I just, I was, like, freaking out. So the, the oncologist comes in and he tells me, like, hi, I'm whatever, doctor, whatever. And um, he's like, so you know that you have white blood cells and this and yours are rapidly dividing. And the findings show that you have leukemia, which is a form of, like, blood cancer. Mm-hmm. And so I was like. Like my heart like literally drops. And my and mind you, like my both my my grandparents were there, my aunt was there, my both my parents were there. So they were all just like giving me that like pity look and I was like, Oh my god. And like yeah. the first thing I said was like like, Am I gonna die? Mm-hmm. And he was like he was like, Listen, like He's like, if they, they always say this, they're like, if you're gonna get any form of cancer, this is the best form to get. 
They're like, mm-hmm. we need to run more tests to see if it's ALL or AML. ALL is acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which has to do with the lymph lymphocytes, like your B cells. And then there's AML, which is more severe mm-hmm. um, because it has to do with the stem cells that form into red blood cells, white blood cells mm-hmm. and things. And that usually requires a bone marrow transplant. So he's like, I suspect you have ALL. We have to decide if it's B cell or T cell and like plan accordingly. And he's like, but like, you know, the survival rate for this is like 90 percent. Like, like we're going to get through it. So then I was like, okay. So like I I took a little bit of a breath and then I was like, um, I was like, okay, so this make uh, this is good. But so how are we going to do this? Because I have to catch a bus back to school on Tuesday. (laughs) How do I make it into my schedule? No, because I was like, I'm going to get treatment up there. Like, just be like a little quick, like whatever. He's like, um like in two years from now you'll go back to school I was like and I was like and up to this point in my life I was such a stress like a ball of stress Mm -hmm. and it was always like I need to get to the next thing next thing I need to get into the best I like you know I was salutatory and I need to get the best grades Mm -hmm. get into the best school and it was just like one thing after the next the next the next what's next and then I was like all of a sudden had to just stop and I was like like my world was just like spun upside down I was like here I'm like 17 years old like didn't even I have to tell all my new friends that I'm not coming back because I have cancer and Mm -hmm. like also I have no idea what this treatment entails have a huge fear of needles like you know so it was just like Mm -hmm. it was it was like scary um do you have any questions so far (laughs) it's just so much (laughs) there's there's so much to ask um mainly like uh well I don't know. Are you tired of talking about this? Like, is it something that you've just said so many times and it's like, do you see a point in speaking about it? Like, what do you, how do you feel about like just the talking about it in general? Is it something you want to move on from? Is it like, um, <laughs> it's something that I feel like has come like to define my character mm-hmm. like so much. Really? Um, and it, in which just, way, what part it of just, it has just not part? even defined. No, I'm not like, Oh, I'm that girl with cancer. But it just come to define me and the fact that, like, the way – like I said, I was always the person that was, like, I'd never lived in the moment. I was looking for the next thing. I got anxious about the most trivial things. And mm. now I've come to learn. And just by telling my story, it just reminds me of, like, mm-hmm. how much I have been through. Because sometimes it all gets – when you're in this type of situation, like, people are like, oh, you're so strong. How do you do this? How did you get through this? It's like – when you don't have a choice and like you're confronted with your own mortality and there's nothing like you, all you want to do is just get to the end. So it's just like your go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's no choice. And mm-hmm. so that idea of like having no choice and just kind of like confronting whatever challenge arose that day and mm-hmm. living like just, I had to just make it through the day. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that like that mentality of just like learning to make it through the day. Right. Is what really. It sounds like the most devastating part of it, though, to you was that you couldn't go back to school. Oh, that it was, was something so you were... That was my so life. So that's interesting. Yeah. I, I really like I look back and I'm like, yeah, I did cross country. I did this. But like my life and everything about me was school. Mm-hmm. And I had and like I've come to have new appreciation and other things in life. But for me, it was like mm-hmm. school or nothing, you know? Wow. So in a way, you had to like focus on other hobbies that you had. And I know you took up you said maybe baking was it or like I don't remember exactly. yeah I love to cook I love to yes bake. that's cool do you have like any like positive memories with that do you think or of, they're all of, 
what? I don't know of that of that time period. Like, do you can you think of like something positive from it? Mm. Do you have ha- any happy memories, or you don't associate? Like, well, I gotta happy say, memories with- I gotta say, the one thing that I can take from this is I got extremely, extremely close with my family. Yeah. Um, and not only my like parents, but also my grandma came and stayed with me a lot, and I like have never been had such a connection with my um with my grandma before Mm -hmm. and like I've learned so much about our family Mm -hmm. and it it like literally was the time like I never just stopped in my life and just paused and like regrouped you know Mm -hmm. I know like I it was always what's the next thing and this was the first time where it was like the only thing I had to do day to day there was no school it was literally just eat drink sleep and like go to the bathroom like that was all mm-hmm. that I had to do in my life mm-hmm. you know and the, it's so when you get down to the basics of things when everything in life that like all these things that you know every day you're running around all these like when all you have to do is survive like life becomes not like so like everything else beca- is just like a cherry on top you know you right. can realize what's what's really important and I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest takeaway I've had from this whole experience. Do you think that someone, though, who hasn't gone through that, they can, like, still do that for themselves, like, in a way, regroup? And, like, is you there can, a way you can do it in a smaller way? You can definitely, it is important. I know. You can definitely um, take some of these things that I've learned um, and apply them. But I on it, like, I hate to say it, but until you're in a situation or, mm-hmm. or close to somebody who goes through something like this, like – you can't like you don't have that same appreciation Mm -hmm. like for me for years I had struggled with anxiety and things obviously (laughs) with school Mm -hmm. and I always learned in like therapy and all these things this thing called mindfulness and like living in the moment and I was always told like you know like live from day to day enjoy the moment blah blah Mm -hmm. blah 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 and all these skills I had but when I was stressed about something I was like okay whatever like these skills are out Mm -hmm. there but then when there was like no choice but to use them yeah it like your force it's just like it's something that your mindset just takes over like on my blog and stuff that I had I talk about like it's kind of like a fire ignited within you like mm-hmm. this like spark that you're like gotta survive just gotta get to the finish line mm-hmm. that's why I think a lot of the the hardship that came from this came after once you like are through the woods I guess if you will mm-hmm. you're like you take a moment and you're like holy crap like what just happened to me and like that's kind of what I had to reconcile like who am I now Mm. I was 17 now I'm 20 I'm almost 21 right I'm the world is obviously different with COVID and everything Mm -hmm. right exactly so it's coming back from that couldn't be hard I want to ask you (laughs) I don't know if I can I I didn't put this in the question section but Mm -hmm. I remember seeing um on your Instagram um a really like cool approach I think to like the hair situation I know that like well I can't (laughs) I don't know but I know like I I can assume that that must be like really hard and also I know you did have beautiful hair and you like (laughs) now you do also but you said like a big part of you was your hair um and then you did like this whole cool haircut situation so oh you talk about that because that was yeah so after I so the thing like leukemia is a little bit different than a lot of other cancers and because of all the um because of the blood counts like 
treatment would had to start immediately. Usually you have a tumor, you have time to find a surgeon, kind of figure it out. Like, what mm-hmm. are you going to do? Process. Like I had no processing time. I wow. was like, I was admitted to the hospital that night. I was transferred after much like, like it was a long process. I was transferred to Sloan Kettering and like the, within 24 hours I was starting chemo. Mm-hmm. And like, so I really had no time to think, which also I think in a way was good. Yeah. Because I didn't really have time to question or pause or hesitate. It was just like, okay. Like, mm-hmm. and once I got to Sloan Kettering, my mom even said like, she could just take a deep breath. They were like, we will take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I remember the doctor came in, his name was like the main doctor on the leukemia team was um, Dr. Wow. Steinberg. So he was this like Jewish man oh. comes in, he asks my Jew- my Hebrew name, he like says a prayer. And he said to me, I was like, am I like I said again, like, am I like, he's like, what do you know about leukemia? I was like, uh, I don't know. The other doctor said that it was like, it was treatable. He goes, no, it's curable. And like, mm-hmm. that was when my like heart, like I was like, and he had, he was probably, you know, he was in the Holocaust in like the camps. He was from, oh, Hungary. really? He had very, yeah, he had a very like the Hungarian accent. Mm-hmm. And he said, he's like, it is curable. <laughs> that he's like, take a deep breath. He was like, I've been, he, he was in his 80s. So he had mm-hmm. been there. He was like the one who designed the protocol. He had been oh, there in the beginning. That's comforting. So he, <laughs> yeah, it was very comforting. But he, um, he like basically invented the protocol. He got the survival rate from like 50% to like up to like 90%. With mm-hmm. his so it was like very nice wow. to have that confidence. So going back to your question, I was admitted in the hospital. This was about six days before my 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. So I was in the hospital on my 18th birthday and mm-hmm. I decided I like, you know, started getting chemo. I like had already lost probably like 20 pounds. I like wow. my hair. I ran my hand through my hair in the shower one day and saw like my hair coming out. And mind, I had very, very long, like luscious, yeah, blonde hair that like really was like like hard. from a Pantene commercial. <laughs> yes, yeah, like yeah, exactly. And I had just gotten it. Spent a lot of money getting it done. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, <laughs> I, so I was like, I was like, I cannot watch this come out. I was like, this is going to be so hard to like sit here mm-hmm. and watch and have clumps of your hair everywhere. I was like, oh yeah. my, God. I was like, absolutely not. So I was like, I'm, this is the one thing I can control. Like, I'm going to take this into my own hand. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hold on. And basically, um, wait, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, my hair. Yeah, sorry. Uh-huh. So my hair, um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this into my own hands. I'm going to take this opportunity to like, try out different hairstyles, whatever. My aunt, um, she used to be a hairdresser. So she came in and it was more like a family bonding experience. First, she cut my hair in like a pixie cut. And then yeah, like, it I looked like you were trying out a bunch I know, of styles. I sat with, I sat with <laughs> that for a few days. And then yeah. it again, started falling out more. And I was like, you know, what? so my dad's college roommate who lives in California had come in for the weekend and we shaved my head. I went through the mohawk stage, the pixie, like, you know, mm-hmm. all through the different things. And mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, what I was saying at that point, like, I felt so sick on the inside. And I, I was so out of it. Like, I don't, e- I don't even remember the beginning parts in the hospital. A lot of it I blocked out, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, I just remember like not even caring about losing my hair at that point, because I felt like such garbage on the out- inside that it was just like, you know what, like, my hair is like, I just need to survive. Like my hair is will grow back, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the only thing is after I shaved my head and then I looked in the mirror I like started crying because I like 
before I had looked in my and I was hooked up to IVs and what have you, but I had my hair. I looked like a normal person, whatever. Then mm-hmm. once you shave your head, you look like the person in the movies. Like yeah. you look like a cancer patient. You look sick. You look – and that was the part that was freaky for me. I was like – it like the reality hit me that I was like, oh, my God. Like I actually like have cancer like mm-hmm. and like have such a journey ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess it was the hair that was more just like symbolic of mm-hmm. the whole – situation mm-hmm. and and now has your hair <laughs> grown back like yes that's... my hair has grown back I've gotten money haircuts it's so and it's grown back even softer mm-hmm. and even oh, better than before that's so nice I know that's great. It's, it, it grew back and honestly it got to the point and unfortunately I had lost my hair during the winter mm-hmm. so I just um would wear hats I never a girl in my grade from high school also had cancer when mm-hmm. she was like 16 so she had given me all her wigs I never wore them because mm-hmm. I remember like put it like the high lifeline people would come mm-hmm. um, which is a Jewish organization and they like would offer to make me a wig and I, I remember just putting it on and completely crying I was like this is not me this is not like it looks like I'm wearing a wig this is just not correct like I just felt like right. I don't know not myself in a wig I felt much more comfortable in a hat and just you know if somebody saw yes I had cancer I looked like sickly thin like it just you mm-hmm. know i have a question about that actually if i yeah because <laughs> um sometimes i can like i'm trying to consider growing out my hair and to donate to make a wig but what do you think about that do you think like it's I necessary think it's, do you think- i think it's amazing if you have the hair for that mm-hmm. it's so because i know most people that i talk to prefer wearing a wig all the people that okay. i have love wearing wigs I just, for some reason, I just, it was uncomfortable. It just, mm-hmm. I felt like, because your hair, like, is, like, how you look. Like, it, yeah. it really makes what you look like. So I just felt like I didn't look like myself. I already didn't feel like myself. And to, like, for look sure. at myself in the mirror, I just felt, it just didn't feel right for me. But for a lot of people that I went through it with, they wore wigs. They tried out so many different types of wigs. So if you, mm-hmm. it's such a great thing to do if you can. Okay, because I'm curious if it's, like, something that people feel like they need to do to feel, like, beautiful or to feel more like a a woman. And I would never want, like, to encourage that by doing this, you know? So, like, No, definitely not. I think most people – it was actually, like, a surprise for my parents and a lot of people around me that I didn't wear a wig. Mm -hmm. Um, Just Mm – it was more empowering to just embrace it. Yeah. For sure. And okay, so now <laughs> I, there's so much to the story, but it could be like forever. So I don't want to <laughs> do that to you. But I want to ask just your goals now and like the, your plans for the future, where you're at. Like- yeah. So I basically I finished about two and a half years of chemotherapy. Um, it was basically mm-hmm. every week I would go and then it kind of got a little bit more spread out as the time went on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it switched when I went back to school for the first semester um of 20 like in 2020 mm-hmm. I um went back still on treatment I mm-hmm. was take but it was oral chemo so I was taking chemo pills okay. I was on steroids and I would go monthly for an infusion of a chemo that did was like 10 minutes and didn't cause me to feel that nauseous mm-hmm. um so I was but then I was going to school full-time which was extremely difficult trying to get back like you take your freshman year how hard that right. is add COVID onto that and then add being on chemo onto that. And it was extremely, extremely difficult, socially, Mm -hmm. emotionally, in every way. Then I finished treatment in the end of January of 2021, beginning of February. So I was diagnosed in October, 2018, finished treatment 
like February 2021. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to school on no meds and like what a difference it made. Like I, I I'm starting to finally feel normal again. Like which is mm-hmm. weird to say. Like I still am coming into it, but now is when a lot of the mental emotional and mental part kind of hits you. Before it's yeah. like a lot of physical trauma. Right. And now it's a lot of emotional, like what did I just go through? All like right now, this year, I just finished my freshman year of college. All my friends are graduating college right now. Mm-hmm. And they're going to med school and PhDs and all and I'm like just finished freshman year. So that part's a little like interesting, like the disconnect. And mm-hmm. then also the fact that like I was a late bloomer. I didn't hit puberty till I was like 16. Mm-hmm. Then I got sick and they stopped all like hormones and everything. Like they put put me on things to like stop like my hormones. And so then I finished puberty like within the last like month, the last like yeah, wow. like six months. So it's just like a lot of physical changes and mm-hmm. I'm like have a new mental like like state as well so it's just kind of like coming into my own who am I now what am I what are my goals in life like I was definitely pre-med before and now I'm like do I really want to go into a hospital again so that's what prompted me to switch to engineering keeping in mind like maybe I want to be pre-med once I get further out from all of this but really just living day by day trying to figure out like what this it sounds cliche but this quote new normal is yeah no, that's not cliche. It makes total sense. Yeah. Um, how, do you go to like college parties and things like that? Do you go to like the game days and everything? Could you like now participate? You feel yeah. So like- during COVID, obviously there was it was it was a lot more restricted. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. But when there were things, I was definitely able to go. And I think a uh, three months post treatment, you're considered like immunocompetent, so you can your immune system mm-hmm. is allegedly healed. So I hit the three month mark, like what in February, March, April, May, end of May. So like when I got home from college is when I hit that three month mark. And now I just start to get revaccinated. So I have to get all my vaccines since birth again. Wow. Just because of your immune system is wiped out. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's definitely during COVID, it's um, reassuring to know that like my immune system is healed. But again, not only am I dealing still with the mental, I am mentally stronger in many ways, but I'm also at more, I have more of an identity crisis than ever. Yeah. Um, And also there's still physical ailments that are issues. So like I said about running was my passion when I was at college this year. Well, my bones are extremely frail. So like I went skiing with my friend and like I fell on like the bottom of a green that should have just been like a bruise. It ended up as like a stress fracture in my knee. Mm -hmm. And then once that healed, I started running again and I, and not because of running, it's completely separate, but I, my ankles got swollen. I went to the emergency room, went and dealt with it. It turns out I have something called avascular necrosis in my right tibia, which is basically, um, it's, it's a side effect of using steroids a lot and it could happen to anybody. Usually it happens to people who are older, but, um, because of overuse of steroids, the bone starts to die in your like the bone starts to die and if you don't take weight off of it and allow it to heal properly um it could collapse and then you end up with ankle replacement blah blah blah. so fortunately they caught it early enough but I was Mm -hmm. still at college and I had to all of a sudden go in a boot like on a knee scooter um which was kind of embarrassing and like (laughs) I was like Cornell which was which was interesting but I dealt with it um Mm -hmm. and so after like eight weeks of that so like today I was at physical therapy so it's just like still 
I knew in life I would have these, like I was at high risk for osteoporosis and other medical issues. I just didn't think it would happen so soon. But honestly, Mm -hmm. I will take anything over cancer. Like, yeah, (laughs) live with that constant fear of like relapse. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably will for the rest of my life. And it's difficult because now when I'm at college and you're bound to get sick because of just that's just you're living with so many people. It's like I get a little sniffle and I get nervous because that's how it started the first time, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in a way, also, like you could look at it as something exciting to start over. And like, like you said, you become such a your your character is so defined, like you said, and you have so much more nuance than a lot of them. And. But um, has it made you less competitive, you think, like with yourself or? I think I mean, I'm I'm still It's just part <laughs> of my innate nature is just trying to be the best and do the best. But mm-hmm. it's definitely allowed me to sit back sometimes and be like, do I need to study as much for this test or should I be going out with my friends? And I always try to keep that like That's good. mindset like in 20 years from now, like tomorrow is not guaranteed. Like, what do I want to do today? What do I want? You know, not to that's let so the anxiety true. get in the way in the same way. And obviously, I still, that's not to say I don't get anxious at all, but. Mm-hmm. In moderation. In moderation. I like that. Thank you for the happiest year of my life. Thank you for the happiest year of my life. Okay, so I just before we finish, I want to start this new thing in my podcast in general, like with yeah. any guest I have, um, to just like give a shout out to literally could be any person um, who like is special to you, who you want to say thank you to in general, just oh any person. God, <laughs> well, I guess the definitely the biggest thing, especially with COVID and everything, is just like the healthcare heroes, like these right. some of these doctors I've gotten so close with, and like these doctors, like literally saved my life and like I Mm -hmm. like I'm eternally grateful for that and they do so much on a day-to-day and like that's what really inspired me also to want to go like for sure into like some sort of like healthcare research Mm -hmm. definitely and then obviously like my parents and everything but that's Mm -hmm. pretty like standard I feel like a lot of these (laughs) things but also the other thing I meant to say is the biggest thing that I've learned from this is that it's so important to tell people around you how you feel about them because I remember when I was first diagnosed, I was getting messages from people that I hadn't spoke to in years that were coming right. forward and being like, there was, there was a lot of different responses. Some people were like, I'm sorry, I never got to know you. Um, but like, <laughs> I wish you all the best. I'm like, I'm not dead here. Like you can still That's get not helping. <laughs> yeah. Or some people would be like, um, I know we've had our differences in the past, but like, I wish you all the best. Or some people will even say like, the time that you did X, Y, and Z made me feel like X, Y, and Z and like in a positive way. And like, you really changed. Like, that little action like I didn't even think twice about it but like mm-hmm. the way you make me feel they like tell you that because exactly. they think you're like dying but like that's why I make it a point to always obviously always say I love you but when I'm hanging out with somebody I sometimes I'll just verbally say like you know I'm really enjoying spending time with you I'm really enjoying this moment mm-hmm. just showing because appreciation. showing appreciation just mm-hmm. you know yeah actually to my in my first podcast, I'd said that actually as one of them, just like writing to people who like did something for you or just like they, they honestly get confused. But like, I think exactly to say it now, then never. never say it at all. Of course. Yes. Yeah, so I love that. Thank you, Marley. And thank you so much for being yes. on here with me and taking the time. Awesome. This is awesome what you're doing. Keep it up. I'll definitely <laughs> be listening. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.